Hello, everybody. Welcome back. CCT, episode 31, the big 3-1 for everyone out there. Over the hill in some people's eyes, but welcome back, everybody. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Great weekend of college football has passed. Another one is present on the horizon. Um, Again, appreciate everyone tuning in, coming back. Decent amount to talk about today, so I will jump right in some of the games from last weekend. Starting off, UCF against Tulane. The big green wave against the Golden Knights. Both teams were ranked. UCF defeated Tulane to 38-31, a close game. UCF improves to 8-2. Tulane falls to 8-2. UCF had a total of 468 yards, Tulane 391. UCF had 132 passing yards, Tulane 236. UCF had 336 rushing yards, Tulane 155. So obviously, Tulane kind of airing the ball out. UCF, again, running everybody over in the rushing game. As, as I've said throughout the season, UCF's rushing defense has been excellent. Every time I team to talk about them, they hold their opponents this game 155 rushing yards. Uh, turnover battle, UCF had none. Tulane had two turnovers. So Plumlee, UCF's quarterback, was 17-30, 132 passing yards for a touchdown. He also had 18 rushes for 176 yards and two touchdowns. So one hell of a game for Plumlee. Again, he's been great all year for UCF. Had that record or tied the record or most touchdowns in a single game for UCF a couple weeks ago. So a three-touchdown game total for him. Over 130 yards rushing and passing. So shout out to him. Bowser, the running back, not the Mario villain. 19 rushes for 54 yards and two tutties. He also had a reception for nine yards. Baker, the wide receiver, had five catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. Next, jumping into the green wave for Tulane. Pratt, their quarterback, was 23 of 39, 236 yards passing. He had three touchdowns. He also had six rushes for negative four yards and a touchdown. And you may say, Chew, how do you get negative four yards and still have a touchdown? He probably scrambled, you know, was sacked, lost a couple yards, but still had a touchdown. So a four-touchdown game total for him. You know, threw the ball a lot, aired the ball out a little bit, so shout out to my man Pratt there. Spears, the running back, had eight rushes for 130 yards. Jackson, one of their wide receivers, had five catches for 95 yards. Big win, big win for UCF. Again, Tulane's having one hell of a year. But good win for the Golden Knights there. Next, jumping into the marquee matchup of the weekend. Two ranked teams, TCU against Texas in Austin. Game day was there. And the Horn Frogs held off the Longhorns. 17-10. TCU ranked number four in the nation in the playoff poll. 10-0 on the year they improved to. Texas falls to 6-4. TCU had 290 total yards, Texas 199. TCU 123 passing yards, Texas 171. TCU 167 rushing yards, key study here, Texas 28 rushing yards total. Again, 28 rushing yards. TCU's defense held Bijan Robinson, one of the best, most dynamic backs in the country, to 28 yards rushing. The whole team, the 28 yards rushing, matter of fact. 
turnover. Each team had a turnover. I watched this whole game. Wild game. It was 3-0 at half. Again, it was almost 0-0 at half, which would have been the first time for a Big 12 game in years. The, out of the gate, both Texas's and TCU's defense were flying all over the ball. I think Texas had, and within the first, like, it was like 14 or 16 plays. They had like eight tackles for losses, five sacks. TCU's defense was flying all over the field, stifling Bijan Robinson. Quinn Ears looked like a deer in the headlights. He just couldn't be in sync with his wide receivers and couldn't connect. He didn't complete a pass for almost till the second quarter. At one point, you know, it was hard getting him in the rhythm through a bad interception. Um, towards the end of the game, TC was up and on a zone read between Dugan and Miller, the running back, fumbled the ball and Texas scooped it and scored with a couple minutes left. And then TCU got a couple first downs and ended the Longhorns' chance of getting back in the game. But a wild game, again, heavily defensive matchup, which you may say, too, for the Big 12, then as a basketball league, in my opinion. One hell of a game. So a great game down in Austin. Going to some stats here for Dugan and the Horn Frogs. 18 passes for eight. Excuse me, 18 of 28 passing for 123 yards. Touchdown. He also had 11 rushes for negative 33 yards for Dugan. Again, Texas was all over him, sacking him, dragging him down, hurrying him up in the backfield. Miller, the running back, had 21 rushes for 138 yards and a touchdown. He had an electric game, a big rush for 75 yards and a touchdown. That was that one play I was mentioning. Johnston, the big wide receiver, probably going to be a top 10, top 15 draft pick this year. Had three catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. Dugan's touchdown pass. Texas's secondary just had a mental cramp, and Johnston was wide open with the blown coverage for a touchdown. Jumping to the Longhorns, ears was 17 of 39, 171 yards passing. He also had an interception. He also had five rushes for negative 15 yards. Again, TCU's defense was all over ears as well. Stifled that running attack, and ears was out of sync with his wide receivers. They had a lot of drops in the beginning of the game, too. Sanders, their tight end. Uh, Xavier Worthy and Winnington, the wide receiver, had a couple drops at the beginning of the game, but also Ears was a little out of sync with them as well. Robinson, like I mentioned, had 12 rushes for 29 yards. Again, TCU's defense holding the whole Texas team to 28, 29 yards is outstanding. That's one of the best running backs in the world, in the nation, and you're holding them to 28, 29 yards. So shout out to the Horn Frogs there. Tease Texas's defense, again, shout out to them. No slouch as well. They played well, one hell of a game as well. Winnington, the wide receiver, had six catches for 78 yards. Again, one hell of a battle in Austin. One hell of a game. Watched the whole thing. Shout out to the, excuse me, Longhorns there. Alrighty. Last but not least, a big W in the Pac-12 for the Huskies. Ow! Even that could be the Wolfpack. Could be a Husky. We may never know. Washington defeated Oregon 37-34. Washington improves to 8-2. Oregon falls to 8-2. Washington is now ranked 17th in the playoff ranking. Oregon fell to 12 in the rankings. Washington had a total of 522 yards. Oregon, 592. Washington had 408 passing yards. Oregon, 280. 408 passing yards for, for Washington. Again, Oregon's D-backs must have been out to lunch, not on the field, drunk, 
sleeping. Something must have been happening to them. Washington at 114 rushing yards. Oregon at 312 rushing yards. So again, Washington's front seven, again, must have been sleeping, non-existent, and I don't know, I got off the bus, drunk. I don't know what they were doing, but they were not existent as well. Each team had a turnover. I didn't get to watch a good amount of this game, but I know towards the end, I believe Oregon fumbled the ball towards the end of the game, and Washington got it back, and they kicked a game-winning field goal with like 30 seconds left in the game. So tough way to lose for Oregon, you know, potential playoff aspirations for them. Bo Nix having a great season. Again, I think he's an okay quarterback ever since I've seen an Auburn. I don't think he's anything special. Again, he's having one hell of a year. Oregon, they like to move the ball, like to throw the ball, different types of offenses, running, throwing, kind of suits him well. But a tough loss for the Ducks there and his Heisman campaign. Jumping into some stats for Oregon, Knicks was 19-28, 280 passing yards and two touchdowns. He also had nine rushes for 59 yards and a touchdown. So three total touchdown game for him. Still solid outline. Again, nothing crazy like we're, we've been seeing from him throughout the season, but still a solid day. Irving, the running back, 20 rushes for 146 yards. Other running back, Whittington, 20 rushes for 108 yards and a touchdown. Again, that big rushing game between the quarterback and the two running backs was unstoppable for Oregon. Franklin, the wide receiver, had five catches for 139 yards and a touchdown. Jumping into the Huskies here, Penix Jr., Washington's quarterback, was 26 of 35, 408 yards, and two touchdowns passing. He also had an interception. He also had two rushes for 20 yards. Uh, Tua La Papa, again, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, Washington's running back. Had 10 rushes for 70 yards and a touchdown. McMillan, one of the wide receivers, had 8 catches for 122 yards. And Polk, another one of the wide receivers, had 3 receptions for 95 yards and a touchdown. Again, big win for the Huskies over the Ducks. Kind of, excuse me, unfortunately kills Oregon's playoff aspirations. Washington, again, is not out of it. Out of the Pac-12 left. Kind of just have Southern Cal with one loss. Utah, UCLA, Oregon all have two losses now. So it'll be tough for them to get in. Again, I don't think a two-loss team, a two-loss conference team would make the playoffs. Well, so it was maybe an SEC team. But again, I don't know if a two-loss team would even potentially, unless you're a champion, could potentially make the playoff in the SEC. I don't think any two-loss team could make the playoffs. So they're kind of done. So the only chance for the Pac-12 now representation would be Southern Cal. Jumping into some close dubs and notable L's. Northern Illinois defeated Western Michigan 24-21. Northern Illinois improves the 3-7. Western Michigan falls the 3-7. Southern Cal, an absolute slaughtering of the Colorado Buffaloes, right? Just like in the 1800s when settlers moved out west and killed all the buffalo, that was what happened the other night. The Trojans absolutely slaughtered the Buffalo, 55-17. Southern Cal improves 9-1 with that only loss coming against Utah. And Colorado falls to 1-9, the absolute opposite of the Trojans. Notre Dame squeaked out a win against the Navy, against the aircraft carriers, the midshipmen, the SEALs, everybody. 35-32. The Irish improved to 7-3. Ranked 18th in the nation. Again, first year under Morgan Freeman. Navy falls at 3-7. and seven. 
Again, Notre Dame struggled, had those bad losses against Marshall and Stanford this year, but have rebounded well and will be looked to be going bowling pretty soon. Liberty, the Flames. Liberty fell to UConn. Yes, UConn, not the basketball team. This is football, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty falls to 8 and 2. UConn improves to 6 and 5. UConn defeated Liberty 36-33. Again, a wild wild stunning news. And this is the first time that UConn has been bowl eligible and who knows how long. So, congrats to UConn. They will be going bowling this year. LSU squeaked out a close one over Arkansas, 13 to 10. Game was in Arkansas. I watched it. The feels all frozen, icy, cold in the South this past weekend. But LSU improved to eight and two. Arkansas fell to five and five. LSU is ranked sixth in the nation. West Virginia, country roads take me home. They defeated Oklahoma. 23-20, a big Big 12 rivalry game there. West Virginia improves to 4-6. and six. Oklahoma falls to 5-5. Five and five. Again, first year under Brent Venables has been a disappointment. Again, ever since Oklahoma lost Rankin Riley. Tough look. Again, Brent Venables, defensive coordinator formerly at Clemson, took over the job at Oklahoma. It's not done a great job this year at all. Bama defeated Old Miss 30-24 in Oxford. Bama improves to 8-2. They're eighth in the nation. Ole Miss falls to eight and two. They are 14th ranked in the nation. Last but not least, Arkansas State defeated ZooMass, the University of Massachusetts, 35-33. Arkansas State improves to three and seven. UMass falls to one and nine. And that will conclude the close dubs and notable L's. And now, ladies and gentlemen. What the world has been waiting for. Breaking news on the world stage with college football. Last weekend, it was Marshalls, the Herd, 75th game. They defeated App State, 28-21. Marshall improves to 6-4. App State falls to 5-5. But Marshall, they honored the 75 people from the 1970 plane crash with all the names listed out in the middle stripe of the helmet. So if you caught the Marshall game from last weekend, if not, um, again, you can look it up. There's great pictures of it showing all the names. Again, just shout out to the herd there. Again, this is way before my time, but one of the worst collegiate crashes ever. One of the worst plane crashes, again, but collegiate sports-wise. 70 people died. Excuse me, 75 people died, including you know members of the football team, the pilots, you know the stewardesses, et cetera, staff, other people. Um, unfortunately, all perished. But shout out to the herd there for that, you know, honoring and just remembrance. That's, you know, it was a really good touch and a great dub. So shout out to the herd. Vandy, one of the major upsets this week. Was going to add it to the close dubs, notable L's, but decided to get its own news line today. Vanderbilt, upset Kentucky in Kentucky, 24-21. The Commodores of Vanderbilt improved the four and six. Kentucky falls six and four. That is the first win in twenty six games in SEC conference play for the Commodores. So they snapped the twenty six game losing streak. Excuse me. 
That's the first win in 27 games, I should say, because they are on a 26-game losing streak. So shout out to the Commodores. Again, big win in Kentucky over number number 24-ranked Kentucky in their own place. The snap an SEC losing streak. Again, one hell of a win for the Vanderbilt team. A coach after the game, they're interviewing him on the field. And one of the players came back and said, a win and snapped the 26th street. And the coach was just saying, you know, they got down early, but those, you know, players didn't give up. They kept fighting. And they came out on top, and it was a great scene. So shout out to the Commodores there um, of Vanderbilt. Next, C.J. Stroud, as we know, one of the front runners for the Heisman. Again, great talent, star quarterback at Ohio State. And again, this stat was kind of crazy when I saw it, when it broke. But he's the first quarterback in Big Ten history. The throw for 30 passing touchdowns in consecutive seasons. And that adds from this past weekend, he had five against Indiana. And again, there's been tons of great quarterbacks in the Big 12 throughout history, if you think about it. But just think about that. 30-plus touchdowns in back-to-back seasons. You have Justin Fields, Cardell Jones, all those Ohio State quarterbacks in the past however long. Many years, Michigan, Nebraska's of the world, Wisconsin's, all Penn State's, you know, Michigan State's, all these different schools that make up the Big Ten. Maryland, Rutgers, all these different schools, all the great talents that have gone through there throughout history of college football. But again, shout out to CJ Stroud. Again, if not the overarching front runner, I would say him and Blake Corum, probably one and two right now. Hendon Hooker is probably up there. Maybe Bo Nix. But I would say Stroud or Corum, the Michigan running back, are one and two for the Heisman, at least in my eyes right now. So shout out to C.J. Stroud. Ballin, as ever, going to be one hell of a player in the NFL, I believe, next year. Another great story going along with the butt guys of Ohio State. Former top 100 recruit Cameron Babb scored his first touchdown for Ohio State this past week against Indiana. And this is his fifth season with Ohio State. And he has had a crazy journey through his four years so far that he's played with Ohio State. He has torn his ACL four different times. So this weekend, when he had his first receiving touchdown ever, it was an amazing moment. Um, you know, he had Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt calling the game. And when he scored, again, Gus Johnson, the play-by-play, one of the best announcers ever in college football, in my opinion, spingled the touchdown. And then Joel Klatt went into it a lot about Cameron Babb. And again, his overcoming the four ACLs and coming back for his fifth year and wanting to play and scoring his first touchdown. He got emotional, celebrated, went down on his knees and, you know, prayed and kissed up to the sky. And his players were all around him and his teammates, you know, hyping him up and giving him hugs. And it was a very special moment to see. So shout out to Cameron Babb. Again, one hell of a one hell of a story, one hell of a career. So shout out to you. On a more somber note, and again, this is unfortunate, tragic news. Um, again, this Sunday, so a couple days ago, former UVA, University of Virginia football player Chris Jones shot and killed three current UVA football players, Lavelle Davis Jr., who's a wide receiver on the team, 
Deshaun Perry, linebacker on the team, and Devin Chandler, another wide receiver on the team, and injured at least two others Sunday night in a shooting. Um, as of right now, he's been brought into custody. Um, those three players have been killed. Again, others wounded, but doing okay as of right now, at least from the most recent sources I've looked at. But again, just a tragic catastrophe, and again, it's hard to say, you know, what words and emotions, I'm sure, UVA community, the players, the families of those who have died, um, you know, all we can do is offer out our thoughts and prayers and just, you know, wish peace and, you know, have God go to those families and help comfort them in these hard times. But it is a tragedy, um, again, just devastating to hear and see something like that. Not only affect, you know, just young college kids, but again, just these three individuals and, the, you know, the University of Virginia program. And it's just, it's above football, above college sports. It's just a tragedy to see anything like that happen. So just wanted to point that out there. Again, some response has been made from different teams, like all the ACC teams for the rest of the season will honor the shooting victims with the helmet decal. And this Saturday, at all the ACC games, there'll be a moment of silence for those who died and have been wounded and affected by it. UVA also canceled their last home game this weekend. They were supposed to play Coastal Carolina, the Chant the Chanticleers, this weekend at home, but they canceled that game. Um, as of right now, the last game of the season is still supposed to take place, but who knows if that could change as well. But again... Very sad, very unfortunate to hear. Again, the world is crying. Again, very horrible to hear. But again, just wish the best for that community. You know, everyone joins in together, lifts each other up to get through this horrible and catastrophic tragedy. But just, you know, strengthen out and just prayers be with UVA and Charlottesville and those families and the players and the team affected by all this. Next, sorry for jumping from a little somber. Now we're jumping back into just some more stats and news here. Texas A&M. Obviously, I've gone on and on about them, especially recently about the train wreck that they've been this season. But a stat I thought that was very comical and kind of crazy to think about. They're the first college football program ever to follow a number one nationally ranked recruiting class. Not even just one number one nationally ranked. One of the best recruiting classes ever that people are saying, you know, highest graded, highest ranked ever with a losing season this year. They are currently three and seven. They have two games left. They play UMass this weekend at home, who's one and nine. Then they play LSU next weekend at home who is 8-2 currently. And even if they win both those games, they will still have a losing season. They will not be going bowling. But that is just something crazy to hear. That, again, they have the number one recruiting class in the country last year. Not only that, one of the best graded recruited classes ever in the history of college football. And they absolutely laid an egg this year. Not even laid an egg, they were just atrocious. So I thought that was kind of wild and crazy to think about. Next... Last but not least, Tennessee this weekend will be wearing orange helmets 
for their game against South Carolina, against the Gamecocks this weekend. Again, cool uni, a variation for Tennessee. Again, they wore the blackout jerseys a couple weeks ago at home against Kentucky. Now they have the orange helmets with the white jerseys this weekend against the Gamecocks. So, again, look up this concept. It's a pretty cool one. Shout out to the volunteers this year for keeping their jerseys icy and keeping us on our toes. Again, we've seen plenty of crazy jerseys this year. Tennessee's had a couple uh, UCF with their Space U jerseys. UNC, Marshall, Buffalo with their throwbacks. Again, tons of different helmet variations. Uniform, Oregon always puts on a show. TCU with their different jerseys. So, one hell of a year for that type of stuff, as always. So, just want to shout out those few teams there. And next but not least, going into the games of the week, followed by some of my picks. And last week was a solid weekend for me. I went 4-6 and six with picks. I picked Bama over Ole Miss. That was a win. Penn State over Maryland. That was a win. I picked Oregon against Washington. That was a loss. TCU over Texas. That was a win. I picked Tulane over UCF. That was a loss. And I picked JMU, James Madison over Old Dominion. That was a win. Shout out to the Dukes there. They're going bowling their first year in the FBS. Shout out to the Dukes. Again, one hell of an accomplishment for them. Actually, excuse me. I'm sorry. Take that back. They can't go bowling this first year, even though the record is because they're not eligible in their first year, which I think is kind of bogus. If I was JMU, I'd be, you know, petitioning their first year in the FBS, they have a they have a winning record. And they can't even go bowling. I think that's kind of ridiculous. So again, if you wanna if you're JMU, reach out to your school president, lobby against the college football playoff, D one NCAA, but having one hell of a year shout out to the Dukes. Next year I hope they're going bowling and doing even better than this year. So this week, good amount of games across the board here. Starting off, we have number four TCU going on the road to Baylor. The Baylor Bears will be home. They are six and four. TCU is ten and zero. They're ranked fourth in the nation. That game is twelve p.m. on Fox. Big noon kickoff. Reggie Bush, Matt Leinhart, Urban Meyer, Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt calling the game in Baylor. I'm going with TCU here to Horn Frogs. I think they will go undefeated rest of the season win the big 12 and make the college football playoff this year Sonny dykes his first year at head coach shout out to him doing one hell of a job there so i'm going with the horned frogs next we have the dogs uga going on the road to kentucky george is number one in the nation they're 10 and 0 kentucky is six and four that game is 3 30 p.m on cbs i'm going the dogs here all day Again, Georgia LSU is already set for the SEC championship game, so none of, again, none of the games they play matter. Obviously, they matter for ranking and college football playoff position. But I'm going the dogs all day here. Again, Stetson Bennett has not looked great this entire season, but he's looked decent running the ball, elusiveness, throwing, not when he's forcing it, throwing balls to Bowers. Again, Darnell Washington, McConkey. All those boys. And then their defense, again, not as historic and crazy as it was last year because they lost all those guys, but it's still been stout and great this year. So I'm going to the dogs there. Next, we have the U. Miami, 5-5, five five, traveling to Clemson, South Carolina. We're 9-1. They're ranked ninth in the nation. I will be at the game. I will be in Clemson this weekend. I'll talk more about that later. 
That game is 3.30 p.m. on ESPN and DirecTV 206. I'm going Tigers all the way. I think Clemson, again, had a bad loss against Notre Dame two weeks ago. I think they will, again, at home, have a good game. I don't think they'll lose out the rest of the season, maybe in the ACC championship game. But I think they'll be fine throughout the regular season. Home game for them. I don't see them losing to Miami, who first year under mayor of Crystal Ball has not done anything hype, hype or exciting to scare me. So I'm going the Tigers there. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, the Battle of Bedlam. Again, this is one of the last ones within the next couple of years. Oklahoma moving to the SEC. This game will be no longer a thing. I'm going the Cowboys to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, 7-3, ranked 22nd in the nation. Oklahoma's 5-5, five five. again, a lackluster year, as I said before, in the Brent Venerables. That game is 7.30 p.m. on ABC. I'm going the Cowboys all day. Oklahoma State there. Next, Southern Cal, number 7, 9-1 against UCLA, 16th in the nation, 8-2. That game with the Rose Bowl, hopefully they sell out for that one. Again, Battle of L.A., Two Pac-12 teams fighting for contention. Southern Cal fighting for the playoffs. UCLA still pushing for the Pac-12 championship potential playoffs. 8 p.m. on Fox. I'm going to pull the upset here and go with the Bruins of UCLA. I think they're going to upset the Trojans. Spoil their playoff run. And I think UCLA will come out on top. DTR and Addison, their running back. Again, I know Caleb Williams and Die and Jordan Addison are ridiculous the other side of the ball for USC. But I think UCLA will find a way and pull out a close one in the Battle of LA. A lot of smack and hatred there, but I'm taking the Bruins. And last but not least, another Pac-12 heavyweight. Utah, the Utes, number 10 in the nation, 8-2. We travel to Oregon, face the Ducks, who are ranked 12th. We're also 8-2. That game is 10.30 p.m. on ESPN and DirecTV 206. I'm taking the Utes all day. Oregon off that close loss last week against Washington. They are home. You might say saying, shoot, Bo Nix and the boys, they'll be bouncing back. I think they're going to win. Well, again, Utah's a great team. They've had some close losses this year against Florida at the beginning of the season. And UCLA. But I think Utah will come out on top. Go on the road and shock Oregon. Those are choose picks. Lock them in. They're locked in. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Like I was saying before, this weekend, I will be traveling to Clemson, South Carolina. And as I've said in the past couple episodes, I'm going to try something new this week. Um, again, I haven't had a college doing college football in a couple weeks. I was supposed to have one, but we had bad weather down here in Jacksonville recently. And my friend JT could not come on and talk, but that's okay. We'll have plenty of time to get more people on during conference championships, weekend bowl season. You know, during the offseason, I may drop a couple episodes. Again, I still have to work all that out. But when I will be in Clemson, I'm thinking of going out, you know, game day, going around the school to different students, asking them their thoughts, you know, telling them to talk about their team, like little snippets, and just recording some of their opinions, some of their takes, 
and then uploading onto the podcast for episode 32 next weekend, or next week, I should say. Again, I have to figure out how all the splicing and adding the clips will go in, and I have to work all the kinks out, but I will definitely try to do it, have that content, because again, I've kind of always done the college and college football, where I've had, you know, one of my friends, my good colleagues come here, talk about their experience at the school they went to, the tradition and stuff like that. But me actually going to a campus and doing it myself in person for, you know, friends of a friend or complete strangers or students or parents or people that have three sheets to the wind or who knows. It's going to be one hell of an experience. So I hope everyone tunes in for that next week. It's going to be the first time Choose Chalk Talk does anything like this. So wish me luck. But big things to come this weekend when I'm down there, or up there, I should say, in Clemson. Me and Snakers are going to brain, brainstorm and you know work on a new logo. So hopefully by next weekend or the week after that, you'll see something new. When you click on the podcast in Spotify or Apple Podcast or when you open up in your web browser. I want to get something more unique, something cool I can come up with. And me and Snakers will put our heads to it. But again, thank you everyone for tuning in. Another great week. Again, wild weekend last weekend. A lot of different close scores. A lot of stuff shaping up towards the end of the season. And we shall see how it all turns out. Um, again, playoff push is real. Again, Brian Kelly, like you said, October's for pretenders. November's for contenders. And it's time to put up or shut up now. So a lot of great things going on in the world of college football, as always. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Staying locked in with CCT. Um, everyone stay safe, be well, and uh, catch everyone next week for the next episode. In that case, peace.